listening to the Hello Awesome podcast, and this is episode number 137. Hey guys, welcome back to the Hello Awesome podcast. JC here. As you may know, I love diving into the Word of God and sharing what I've learned here with you. This podcast is not shy when it comes to Bible studies, and I love it so much. I hope you guys do too. Now, this past fall, I started a Bible study group called Purpose of Life to help us answer the big questions we have because we have a lot of them. That's partially why this season of the podcast, season nine, is called Purpose of Life because I'll be sharing the audio straight from those 10 study lessons throughout these last two podcast seasons. The first five of these lessons will be here on season nine and the final five will be on season 10. I have loved teaching this study and have learned so much about our God and life. So please message me your thoughts and takeaways after listening. It would really be encouraging. You could do that on Instagram, in DMs, or in our Purpose of Life Facebook group. It's called P-O-L, a study group, I believe. And you can join us there to get future study notifications, which I do every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on both Zoom and Instagram Live. The notes for all the studies are available to download in that Facebook group, which is super helpful, a lot of ladies have found. So I do record the Zoom lessons as well. So after you listen to the study episodes here on the podcast, you actually can go to the YouTube channel, Hello Awesome YouTube channel, and find the videos under the playlist Purpose of Life Study. Now, since these are audio recordings of study lessons, please be aware that the quality may not be the best podcast quality, so grace is appreciated. Uh, these are actually studies with people that I know, friends, family, and also those who have connected with Hello Awesome on Facebook and Instagram. So the audio is not always the best, but I think you can still glean from it because we're studying the Word of God together and there are some good nuggets in there. So, all right, guys, in this first lesson of the Purpose of Life Bible study, we break down why the Bible even matters, why God is our creator and father, and we define what is our purpose. This seems very basic, but I want you to remember that the majority of the people who do attend uh, my Bible study are not really seasoned saints or Christians. Some of them are very new to the faith or they're uh, curious about it. And I think that's so important that we just stick to the basics and we really dive deep because we find there's really nothing basic about it. Uh, so I want you to grab a notebook, grab a pen, have it handy for these lessons. You're going to want them. Let's learn more about the purpose of life together. All right, here we go, my friends. The first lesson of this series, episode 137, that I am calling Purpose of Life, part one. Hey guys, I'm JC. Are you ready for real conversations about faith, business, and life? Me too. This is the Hello Awesome podcast, where I bring forth topics and truthful insights that will encourage you to make intentional choices and pursue God with your whole heart. Are you ready to say hello to the awesome blessings that God has for you? All right, let's do this.
Hey, before we get into this episode, let me just share with you a couple of things some of my friends are doing. Over at Oneness Essentials, you can get handcrafted soap and beauty products that will make your skin fall in love with you again. Go to onenesssoapbiz.com and use our special code HELLO8 for 15% off your next order. Also, Jessica's Most Modest has some amazing clothing that you need in your wardrobe next season. Go to JessModest.com and use our code HelloAwesome for 15% off today. Years ago, when Summer Neal was asked to take over her church's social media, she didn't know where to start. She didn't know how to create content. She was not a professional photographer or videographer, and she didn't know a thing about how to connect people with online. Well, Summer does now, and she's eager to share that knowledge with you. The Social Pentecostal is a social media consulting company that seeks to empower the church to utilize social media effectively to reach the loss and to make heaven bigger by teaching social media's best practices to church leaders and creatives. The Social Media Pentecostal offers monthly online training through the Social Pentecostal community. Follow her on social media at the Social Pentecostal to learn tips and tricks for your church's social media management and content creation. God does not need professionals. He simply needs a willing vessel. Let the Social Pentecostal help you bring glory to God on social media. And together, you can reach the lost and make heaven bigger. For more information, visit thesocialpentecostal.com. All right, so there might be other people coming in, and I'll just let them in as they show up, but this is going to be our Purpose of Life Bible study that I'm excited about, um, part one, and we are doing it on Zoom because a lot of us are busy women. Some of us are moms with young kiddos, and we need to just get into the Word together. And sometimes that means separate, but together. (laughs) So I was thinking about, you know, um, the different people that have asked me lots of Bible study questions and the biggest, um, I guess phrase or, or, or theme is most of the questions all revolve the purpose of life in some way. So I wanted to really use that as a theme. Um, I was actually praying during a walk one day. I was walking my dog and the Lord kind of dropped this into my spirit as a, a really good basis foundation for a Bible study, especially if it's somebody that's not comfortable reading the Bible or maybe they don't have enough experience um, or we just all need a refresher sometimes. So that's basically what it is. Um, and hopefully we can talk about the big stuff. So I have some life questions on here. I shared my screen. Um I've shared the link in the chat for anybody that comes in. You can get this on Google Drive. If you are watching this later on um, and you want the link, I'll try my best to put it in the description of the video so that you can get this. Um, it's just basically a guideline for, for me. It, I might go off of it depending on what happens. And of course, depending on what questions are being asked, um, I might do something different. So I was basically thinking of like, when I was listening, uh, you know, really in my prayer, my prayer walk, I had my phone and I was asking these big life questions that people ask all the time that I ask that everybody asks whether you're in church or not. And so I put them here. These are the life questions right here that I kind of came up with. Obviously, there's 
probably way more, but so the biggest question is what is the purpose of life, right? Why do we exist? Why are we here? I know that's probably a, the majority of the questions that I get are these, especially from people who I think are questioning whether God is even real, um, which is the next one. You know, is God real? Who is God? Who are we? What's his purpose for us? And what's the whole point of it all? Right. We've all asked these questions. And I don't think it matters how long like we've been in church. We might know like the automatic, like biblical type answers. But I still think sometimes when we're going through difficulties or we're struggling, we might still come back to these life questions, you know, in our own humanity and stuff. And um, I don't think that's necessarily wrong to ask questions. Uh, I think it's wrong when we try and follow other things um, besides God for the answers, right? right? So if you have the questions, that's not the problem. The problem is where are you getting your answers? So um, I hope that we can encourage the next generation uh, to ask as many questions as possible. And I, and I think, you know, it's okay for them to be kind of uncomfortable because uh, I think that's how you know, we get to the real truth. So that's good. Intro here. Like I said, if you are a seasoned saint, or even if you've been in the church a little bit, you have, you know, um, some experience with the Bible. You probably know more than most people, but if you're just coming in here and you've never touched the Bible before in your life and you're a little freaked out because it can be intimidating. Um, I will say that, um, don't be intimidated. Because it's better to take bite-sized bits of it than try and take big chunks to understand it all. Because no matter how long you've been in church, uh, we are never going to understand it all. <laughs> That's the truth. Because the word is alive, right? Amen. So, <clears throat> the Bible is made up of the Old and New Testament. And I did some research on the word testament. Um, it means covenant or agreement. So the Bible really are God's written word, words, okay? His, uh, his agreement with his people, also those who trust and follow him. So those, that's basically the outline of the Old and New Testament is what God says, what he agrees with, what he doesn't agree with. Um, those who trust and follow him, the stories of the people in the Bible who follow God. There's also stories of people who did not follow God. Um, and if we think about the Old Testament, that's before Jesus came to earth. And that was something that I think I didn't really know about until I actually opened the Bible myself. Um, let's hear my dog bark. And so, um, so the Old Testament has, uh, personal stories, promises, and prophecies um I, I, you know it's written out but um but those are important because it contains it also contains god's laws about loving him and others and so the personal stories connect us with like the different humans that were on the earth and what they went through and so it makes them relatable to us um and we can see their struggles and say, oh, yeah, I, you know, I know what they're, they're going through. Um, 
And then, of course, the prophecies are important because it talks about what's going to happen and uh, promises also are things to give us hope and to cling on. Um, so, yeah, like I said, the Old Old Testament also contains God's laws about loving him and others. So it's really the foundation of the whole Bible. So if you have um, if you have just a New Testament Bible, I would encourage you to try and get another one that has both old and new, uh, because I think um, a lot of, you know, uh, new age practices only look at the New Testament, which um, I think is great when we talk about the gospel uh, and maybe even the salvation plan. But if we want to truly understand a lot of the wisdom that God wants to give us, especially when we talk about the purpose of life in general, um, I encourage everybody to try and get a Bible with both because they do obviously uh coordinate and uh you can see a lot of um what was said in the old and it reflected in the new and vice versa they actually are together as one and um so the new testament is uh written after jesus was born surprise surprise no um and it follows his life ministry and sacrifice on the cross for sin, uh, which is obviously very important. We will get into all of that down the line. But um, the New Testament contains the full truth about who God is, reveals a lot of a lot of his identity and his character. It also uh, lets us know his salvation plan for us and the foundational life lessons. Uh, some Bibles um will actually have words in red and that if you see a Bible and you have red words like this, that means that Je- that reflects the times that Jesus has spoken. Um, not all Bibles are like that. So I wanted to put that in here because um, I do think it's nice to have it if you can. If you can't, um, I don't think it's going to uh, diminish your experience with the Bible. I just think it might just be challenging to know when Jesus is speaking sometimes. So you have to really pay attention. Uh, and now I'm just going to do the basics. I wish I actually had a picture of the Bible put on my screen because I'm screen sharing. But like I said, you guys might already know this if you have a Bible for a while. But this was very helpful for me, especially in the beginning, to look in the front of the Bible. So this is actually uh, pretty much like the same Bible that I had when I first was saved. This is a newer version. My older one is wrecked, <laughs> falling apart. So I got the same one, but newer. But if you go to the beginning, you'll see the table of contents. This part, a lot of people skip, but don't skip this part because this teaches, I even use this sometimes. And so look for the table of contents. It's going to actually break down the books of the Bible in the Old Testament and the books of the Bible in the New Testament. And you're going to see that they're going to have page numbers that start that book. And this is going to help you when you're searching for a specific book, chapter, and verse. Uh, when reading the Bible, the book title will be located at the top of the page. So if I switch right here, it's probably not the best. I don't even think you can see it. <laughs> That's but, a little hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you're going to see right here that this is the uh, the book title. 
of the title. So this right here is Genesis, located at the top of the page. And then you're going to notice uh, sections of scripture organized by chapter. So right here, let me see, like right here. This is probably not the best way to do this. <laughs> this right here is chapter 46. But then all the numbers below that is going to be the verse. So book, chapter, and verse. Um, and I think that's just helpful, just as basics, to try and remember that. Uh, because sometimes people say, you need to read, you know, like Acts 2.38. If you've never read the Bible before, people would probably say, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know how to get there. What are you talking about? So Acts would be the book, chapter 2, verse 38. Um, okay, so as you learn the Bible, you could obviously highlight, underline anything that stands out to you. Um, if you don't want to write in the Bible, there are some people that really don't want to. Um, and I totally understand. It's very, very good to have a notebook only dedicated to your Bible study. That way you can refer back to it. Um, for later. And then you can also add your thoughts and questions along with it. And before you know it, that's actually what you're doing for devotion, for your devotion time. It's going to help you process what you read and also prepare your heart for prayer. Um, so yeah. So any questions about that so far? I know it's kind of basics and intro, but you're doing a very nice job presenting it. Thank you. <laughs> So I really wanted to highlight the beginning because when we think about the purpose of life, that, that's what that's what the questions really are referring to is how did it all start? What was the whole process? And so I have here uh, Genesis 1-1 as the uh, verse we're going to read uh, first, and then we'll go into all of these. So if you want to, you can read along with me or you can find it in your own Bible. Genesis 1, 1. Now, I'll wait until you get there if you're using your own Bible. Genesis 1, 1 is very basic, and I think it's easy for people to overlook, but there's so much here that I did not want to um, overlook it. So, okay, so it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So I wanted to look at the beginning. Because the beginning of what, right? And so I want us to go to John 1, 1 through 3, and then we'll go to Hebrews 1, 10. Some people might um, find that if they um, find it easier to use a Bible app, that's what I'm using on my um, on my computer. It's what I like to use when I actually am writing my books. I use this so I can type over here. And then study over here. And this is eSword. Um, so if you need a Bible app for your laptop, eSword is very good. You can, I think, just search it on Google and they have an actual website that you can download it. I believe it, it is free. I know it was when I downloaded it, but I'm not sure if it's free anymore. Another, uh, yeah, you can also download it for your phone. That's the one I have for my phone as well. And the version app is also another one that I like, um, but usually eSword. I just like the way that it's, you know, how it's broken up. And then you could also go over here and get commentaries if you want. 
which is very insightful um, for people that have studied the Bible. Um, they have their commentaries right here. Usually these are like pretty famous commentaries, not just like the guy next door that just discovered everything, you know, on his own, which I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but um, it's people that have been pretty vetted. Um, they put him here. And so, you know, I, I like to just read that for a little bit. Okay, so John 1, 1 through 3, we just read what Genesis said in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And so John 1, 1, starting at obviously 1, going to 3, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, that sounds like a tongue twister, but um, it's just saying that when we think about what's the purpose of of everything, God created it. They were made by him, and he was the creator. So it's just reminding us and, and, and teaching us to refer to God, not just as our God, but also as our creator. And I think when we think about the purpose of life, we have to acknowledge that it didn't just happen by chance, that there was a purpose behind the purpose of life and that it came from a creator, right? It came from God. It didn't just come on its own. There was definite, um, there's a definite plan behind it. And so if we go to Hebrews, Hebrews 1.10, it says, And thou, Lord, which is another way of just saying you, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. And so this is letting us know that in the beginning, our creator did it with his own hands, basically on his own. And so it really is important for us when we're thinking about the purpose of life to remember, like I said before, we have a creator. He planned for everything to be created. And not only that, that he laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens with the work of his own hands. So this also reminds us too that he is a personal God. He doesn't mind being a hands-on God. And it's very difficult for us now in this day and age to remind ourselves that because it's very easy for us to, you know, be comfortable being self-sufficient. But we have to remind ourselves that God is really, truly the one who has created it all. Which goes to the next point when we look at Genesis 1-1. Um, you don't have to go back. I'm just going to go for reference here. When it says, in the beginning, God created. So let's talk about the God created. We talk about in the beginning. We have a creator. He created the beginning. And so let's talk about God created. We're going to do that by going to here. I have these verses laid out, but we'll go first to Isaiah. Okay, so Isaiah 44, 24 says, Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, 
And he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. This is huge. So much to break down. Our Redeemer, the our Creator, that says He formed you. V means you from the womb. That means when you were still inside your mother. All of us have a mother. When you were, He was forming you. He was creating you. He knew you then. Even before we knew him. And he says that I am the Lord that maketh all things. He doesn't want us to be confused about what he made. He's trying to let us know that he made all things. And he's also letting us know that he made all things alone by myself. Because if you are the great creator, you don't really need help. Right. This is also letting us know, too, that there is only one God. He was operating alone. He says it over and over again in his word. And that's going to help us understand the purpose of life because we have to understand God's purpose. And it'll be very difficult if uh, there were three separate gods to understand the purpose of each one. <laughs> but thank the Lord there's only one God and he has one purpose and he lets us know in his word what it is. The next verse we're going to go to is Romans 1.20 and that's going to be the New Testament right after Acts before 1 Corinthians. Remember, we're talking about God created that portion of Genesis 1-1. That's very important. Romans 1-20 says, <clears throat> excuse me, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his external power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Now, I wanted to... I want to show this scripture that says for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made. That even though we can't clearly see them, it doesn't mean that they are not clear. Right. Just because there are truths about God that we can't see does not mean God wasn't truthful. It doesn't mean God wasn't clear. It just means we haven't seen it yet. So if we are confused and we have questions, that's an okay place to be because number one, it lets us know we're not God. And number two, it gives us the opportunity to get clarity. And so rather than uh, living life in that confusion, without understanding the purpose of life, without understanding God, we have the chance to understand his purpose, understand the purpose of life, and also understand God and who he is. Through that, we will know who we are. Um, but that obviously comes later. But basically, 
the invisible things of him from the creation of the world that are clearly seen. But also it says that even his external power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. That means that we really don't have an excuse to not seek out these things that can be clearly seen. We have a chance and we have to take that chance. Nobody's going to open the Bible for you. You got to do it yourself. Like I am doing it here, but um, when the screen goes off and you're by yourself and you have questions, you have to really not have an excuse to ignore those questions, but you have to seek it out. Okay, then I want to go to Colossians 1, 16 and 17. Now remember, we're still talking about God created. So this is going to answer uh, probably a lot of people's questions. Basically, why are we here? Colossians 1, 16 says, well, I'm going to do 16 and 17. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. So for by him, by God, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. So this is also talking about everything that we see as far as like nature, as far as us, humanity, but also invisible. We're talking about, you know, they said dominions, principalities, powers. We're talking about a spiritual world here that we can't see. So it just goes to show Okay, this is not to scare us, but this is also to remind us that our creator has all power. He's the almighty. And so not only has he created what we see, he also created things that we haven't seen yet. So we have to try and understand that his scope is going to be way bigger than our scope. And any questions we have, we can get an answer. God is not afraid to give us an answer. However... It might not be time for us to have the answer yet. And so we have to just take it day by day. But it says this, all things were created by him, by God and for him. That's for God. And he is before all things. So that means that God existed before everything, which we know that Genesis 1-1, because in the beginning, God created. Well, obviously he created the beginning. So God was there before the beginning, if that makes sense, (laughs) before the beginning of everything. And he created all things for himself, for him. And we know that uh, there is nothing that we can add to God. God is all powerful. He's all knowing. There's nothing we can add to him. But God really wants a relationship with us. And this is going to go into the next part. But God created us for relationship with him. So we can connect with our creator. And this is very important because if we are made in the image of God, then our desire for relationship, for closeness, comes from a God who also has that as well. So God obviously has created us to have a relationship, to connect together 
because he as a creator wants to connect with us. And so what we have now are many of us are create are, are connecting together on earth. And we have a lot of the questions and the confusions because we have yet to connect with the one who created us. This kind of leads to uh, my next verse in Revelation 4.11. Revelation 4.11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou, for you, whoever wrote this is talking to God, hast created all things and for thy pleasure, for God's pleasure, they are and were created. So it doesn't just say they were created. They said they are and were created because God is still creating. He never has ended that role of being a creator. Even though in the beginning he created, he has never stopped creating because now he has created things within us and within our relationships. And so he is an active God. And he, and he has done this because it pleasures him to have relationship with us. And so we know that there is a void inside of all of us at some point in another. And even, you know, even probably right now that only a relationship with God can fill. And many of us are not sure how to go about that. And that's why I wanted to start this study because the starting the Bible is not just to read a bunch of, you know, cool quotes and then, you know, pat yourself on the back and go to bed. It really is to learn about the one who created us and pour into that relationship. And in turn, he is going to pour into us. And it's a relationship. And so we're going to talk about that um, in the next part. So we can go to Genesis one twenty seven. Says I I highlighted it here. What I wanted us to look at: the created man in his own image. It reads: So God created man in His own image. In the image of God created He him. Male and female created He them so mankind is in his likeness and resemblance and we can look at this as a father and a child right so we he is our creator he's our god he's our creator but he's also our father that's the relationship not just the relationship before between creator and creation but he wants it more intimate he could have stopped He could have said, I created you. That was enough. We don't have to go any further. But he's not like that. He's a God of love. And so he wants a more intimate relationship with us. And so he has created us in his own image after his likeness, just like a father and a child. So we are bearing physical and generational traits of the Lord. God is our creator and father. So we were created to know him and to show his likeness as reflection of who he is. And so we have these verses here 
that I can go through. Um, it's up to you if you want to go through them each on your own, but I am going to just kind of pull them up here. The first one is Psalm 68.5. I love this one so much. It says, a father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. Does that mean that God wants to judge widows? No, that just means that he is, he, he's going to be the one to bring them justice. Um, and a father of the fatherless is truly a beautiful statement that if we don't have that, that earthly father that we can look up to, that's going to help us with this whole purpose of life, living life the way that we need to, our God, our creator is a father to those who struggle in that area, who are fatherless. And it says, "Is so a father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. He, he, he's among them. He's with them. And I think that's beautiful. Psalm 89.26, it says, He shall cry unto me, Thou art my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Uh, we can talk a little bit more on the rock later on. We talk about God's identity. I'm going to write that down. But remember, we're talking about created man in his own image, right? And we're talking about that father and child relationship. And in this verse, it says, you know, someone is crying out. You are my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. How beautiful that we have a God that we can also call our father. I don't think you'll get that from a false idol. Next is Isaiah 9, 6, which is very popular around the holidays, as it should be, especially Christmas, of course. But I love it so much because when you break it down, it's it it's, says so much more about God than I think we give it credit for just in the month of December. <laughs> but Isaiah 9, 6 says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Now remember, we talked about the Old Testament prophesying, bringing uh, um, talking about things that haven't happened yet that's going to happen. And this is one of those. This is referring to Jesus who hasn't, who was not born yet. This is Isaiah. So this is the Old Testament. Jesus comes in the New Testament. But this is one of the prophecies. And this is very important because this also shares God's heart. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's amazing that they are already telling us in Isaiah. The book of Isaiah is already telling us that Jesus hasn't come yet, but he is Wonderful Counselor. He's the Mighty God. He's the Everlasting Father. Everlasting means there is no end. And the Prince of Peace, I think knowing that God is our Father forever does give us some peace. 1 Corinthians 8, 6 says, But to us there is but one God, the Father 
of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. It's just reminding us that there's just one. There's one God, there's one Lord, Jesus Christ. It's all one. They're the same. The same person. And he's our father. And have that relationship with him. And this leads to also to remind us that, you know, how we said before that he formed us before we were even born. And I think that's very comforting um, for many of us. And so I want us to go to Jeremiah 1.5. And we're going to, this will be the last part. I guess we did go through this today. That's great. The last part. One thing, I don't know if I missed how you said it or what, but what I was just thinking about is how we're created. He created, God created us in his own image. He had the image of Jesus Christ already before Christ was ever revealed in the world. That right. That is so mind-blowing to me. Right. <laughs> right. I know. And And to us, it's... I mean, this goes, yeah, well, actually, this kind of goes with what we're talking about now. If we start at Ephesians 1, 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ, according as, as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. That's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) Well, that's a chicken. (laughs) We're probably not going to break that down now. But God always has a plan. And so this is just reminding us that even before we on earth, the people who were on earth saw Jesus. God already had him in plan, in the plan. So it kind of goes back to the verse that we read that says that, you know, he created the visible and the invisible. That means he created those who weren't even born yet. We can't see them yet. And that includes the image, obviously, that he's going to have of himself, Jesus on earth. That's which God is what, manifested on earth. Which is what your next scripture is talking about. That was so beautiful. Mm. Jeremiah 1 5 says, Before I formed thee, that means you in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. This is God talking to Jeremiah. But how beautiful is that? Mm. And he wants us to know that it's not just Jeremiah that gets fresh, special privileges because he's a prophet. He forms us all in the belly before we know him. And it said before we even came forth. Now this is probably, this part is probably very specific to Jeremiah that he sanctified him before he was born. He ordained Jeremiah a prophet. This part, I think the second part is probably specific to Jeremiah's call. But the first part, I think, is relatable to all of us. 
And I do think that God has a calling for us before we are born. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that this part, being a prophet unto the nations, was specifically for Jeremiah at that time. Right. Mm-hmm. But before we were conceived in our mother's belly, God knew us. And this is so important. We don't want to talk about this in today's day and age. I get it. There's so much going on in the news. And I think that's why people are having a hard time questioning what's our purpose? What's the purpose of life? What's the whole point of it all? Before we even conceived in our mother's belly, God knew us. He knew us because that's what a father who loves a child does, right? That's what a creator does. He knows what he's creating. We are plants. Right. Whether we think we are or not, we are plants. And so that's going to take us to Psalm 138, starting at 17. Psalm 139. As I want to leave us with some hope and some encouragement, especially if we are not feeling like we are being thought of or loved or appreciated. Um, we are. And um, even if we are not where God wants us to be, or we're not where we even want to be, that doesn't change his love for us. Right. So Psalm 139, 17 and 18 say, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. God's thoughts, if we counted his thoughts, they're more in number than the sand. That's amazing because we are planned. We were created with a purpose. And even if we're not sure what that purpose is, we can seek the creator Ask him what that purpose is. He knows the answer because he thinks about us more than we ever know. This is going to take us to Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. My favorite verses to always go to. (laughs) To remind me that I am creation, that I am not God. This is also letting us know that our father thinks of us. When people say God doesn't care, that's a lie. He does care. And it might feel like he doesn't care, but he has given us to, he he has given us over to our lusts of our flesh, of our humanity. And so people, when they make bad choices, that's what's affecting the world. I understand that it's hard to picture a God that would allow things to happen, but he wants us to turn to him uh, with our hearts, ready to receive what he has for us. And sometimes that means we have to go through hard things to do that. And it's not easy. And just like a father can't just spoon feed their child everything and hold their hand through everything, they have to learn life lessons. Our father does the same with us. And in Isaiah 55, 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my your ways my ways, saith the Lord. They were not the same as God. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. This isn't to degrade us or make us feel less than. This is just to remind us that he is the creator of the invisible and the visible. 
He's the God of the invisible and the visible. There are battles in the spiritual world. There are things that are happening behind the scenes that we don't get to see. And we should probably be grateful we don't get to see because we probably couldn't handle it all. But God can. And he's just reminding Isaiah in this moment that his thoughts are not the same as ours and his ways are not the same as ours. But he is still our father and we can trust him because he loves us and he has created us for a purpose. And we can we can grow in that relationship with him. When we grow in that relationship with him, that will grow our trust. And so a lot of people don't trust God because they don't know God. Right. And so they have to have that relationship with God to actually know who he is. And the more they do that, the more they can trust him because then they know who he is. And it's just like when you have a parent that you, it's hard to trust a parent who doesn't invest in their relationship with you. And we know this as being moms, right? Uh, We want our children to trust us. And we do that by being there for them. And this is what God is is trying to tell us through these verses is he's going to be there for us. He's not going to think the same as us. He's not going to act the same as us. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't love us and that he's not with us. And we're going to end with Jeremiah 29, starting at 11. I wanted to go a little further because I love, I love these verses together. Um, cause they really gives the context of what God's trying to say. So God just told us in Isaiah that his thoughts are not the same as ours and his ways are not the same. But here in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, for I know the thoughts I think toward you. So we don't know what his thoughts are, but he knows what his thoughts are. And he knows what our thoughts are. But God says, for I know the thoughts I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Nothing surprises our father. He knows all things. And it continues on in verse 12. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. 13 says, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your hearts. Yeah, we're not going to think the same as God. He doesn't think the same as us. I would be very, very freaked out if my God thought the same way as me. (laughs) I want a God that doesn't think the same way as me because he has the government on his shoulder. He is over all earth. And... He has to be over all dominions and principalities and powers. And he has to, you know, be our creator and be our father. And the only way you can do that is when you are God and you are everlasting and you have no limits and you have no boundaries, um, but you do it from a place of love. And so this was just the first part to get us started in the purpose of life study. You know, we had these different questions, you know, what's the purpose of life? Why do we exist? Why are we here? And I think we answer that today, you know, um, and I think why, what is the purpose of life is going to be probably the big question that all of these are going to go, all the answers are going to go into. But I think we did 
you know, answer why do we exist uh, for his pleasure, that relationship with him. We can connect with our father. We can have that relationship with him. It's an enriching experience if we allow him to have that access to us. But we have to allow him to have that access to us because he's a loving father. He's not a demanding father. And so sometimes we wish that God would just come in and and take over. But at the same time, we want our freedom. (laughs) And he's just a God who loves us and who will always be a gentleman. And so he will come to us if we have the invitation open. Why we are here, we are here to glorify God. We are here in his image. And we are here to have relationship with God. That's the number one thing. Um, and I think sometimes it's easy to forget that because we have all these other side things going on, um, side purposes that are not necessarily bad. But we have to remember our main purpose is always to to have that relationship with God. And through that relationship, that's where the servant, the heart of a servant will come from. Just like a child who loves their father, you know, they they want to please their father because they love him. They trust him. And the same with us. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for this opportunity that we've had to be in your word. Thank you for the truth that you have revealed to us in the Bible. We know, Lord God, that it's easy for people to dismiss it and think that it's just a bunch of stories written by men and it's all make-believe. But God, you are real. And the word is alive because you have breathed truth into the pages. And I'm so thankful, Lord, that you have anointed the writers of each book to write down what you want them to write. Then they have sealed it and kept it until this time that we can know you for ourselves. I hope, Lord God, that anyone who's listening to this will feel your peace, will feel encouraged, will not be overwhelmed or confused because those are not the spirits the spiritual feelings or emotions that God wants us to feel. He is a God of love. He is a God of clarity and he is a God of, of hope. And so I hope that everybody listening will feel encouraged that will uh, be willing to open their hearts and come back next time to learn more about you and the purpose of life. According to your word, In Jesus name. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, JC. <laughs> Thank you. I hope you guys have a good night and thank you for coming. If this episode blessed you, please take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories tagging at Hello Awesome Live. I would really love that. Also search my name, JC Pulford, J-A-C-Y-P-U-L-F-O-R-D on Amazon to buy my devotionals and coloring books. You can also donate to the Ministry of Hello Awesome through my link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Hello Awesome Live. This will help fund future projects that will benefit the kingdom of God. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.